the National Women's Soccer League kicks off March 16th on ION. Out in front to Williams. It's a new Saturday night destination featuring the best players in the world. Takes a shot, she scores! See the full schedule and find where to watch at IONNWSL.com. Hello and welcome to Smart TV. It's great to have you along. I'm David Butcher. I'm speaking to you this week from Radio Times Towers in West London, in Hammersmith. Uh, if it's echoey, sorry, that'll be all the, the marble floors and the gilded mirrors and stuff. It's just me on this podcast. I watch TV for a living and I write about it. And all I do on Smart TV is pick a few great things to watch this week, plus one show to miss. The good news, I think, we've been through the sort of worst of the dog days of summer when TV often goes a little bit quiet. And we're now, as you get to the end of August, we're starting to see the new series coming through, the big returning shows coming back, whole new season of telly, lots to talk about. I'm going to start with the biggest new thing, and apologies if you don't have Sky, but this is a real TV event. It's House of the Dragon... It starts on Sky Atlantic on Monday night. Or, if you're a real fan and you can't wait that long, there's a special showing at 2am on the Sunday, on the sort of early Monday morning, if you want to stay up all night and catch it before anyone else. This is, of course, it's the follow-up to Game of Thrones. So there's quite a lot riding on it and a lot of riding in it, mostly people riding dragons. And it's a prequel. It's set a couple of centuries before the start of Game of Thrones. And whereas... With Game of Thrones, it was all about the different houses and dynasties and and kingdoms that were fighting, competing. This is just about House Targaryen. And in a way, it's Game of Thrones meets succession because we're in the heyday of the Targaryen rule in King's Landing. But there's this sort of benign king played brilliantly by Paddy Considine. But he doesn't have an heir, or to be specific, he doesn't have a male heir. What he does have is a very nasty scheming brother called Damon, played by Matt Smith, brilliantly again, and also a daughter. But can she be his heir? Surely not. So anyway, you get the idea. That's the setup. It's all very big and lavish and bloody and extraordinary. But it's also quite female focus so when there's with the big set piece in the in the first episode there's a jousting tournament but that's kind of intercut with the queen who's going to labor to give birth and both of these things are incredibly grim and bloody but in different ways but there's also there's loads of spectacle and of course and dragons and uh, there are orgies and slaughter and so on so it's very game of thronesy I would say, on the evidence of what I've seen so far, it doesn't quite have the sharpness and the edge to the dialogue, that kind of wit to it. But it is a great watch. And obviously, my son said to me, he said, if there's one thing Game of Thrones fans love more than Game of Thrones, it's moaning about Game of Thrones. So it may be that the hardcore fan base will hate it, but I don't think so. Um, There's great performances. It's visceral, bloody, medieval drama and intrigue, and that's what you want. So that's House of the Dragon. That comes to Sky Atlantic on Monday. This next programme kind of follows on from that because it's also, in a way, bloody family struggle, dynastic struggle, but in this case, with lions in Kenya. So it's a one-off documentary called Lion, The Rise and Fall of the Marsh Pride, and it's on Tuesday on BBC Two. Now, if you've ever watched much 
BBC Natural History, you will have seen the Marsh Pride. It's the family of lions in Kenya in the Maasai Mara Reserve, which was featured in the original Big Cat Diaries in the 90s. It's been filmed for other documentaries, loads of them before and since, including most recently Dynasties. So they're basically the best-known, most filmed lions there's ever been. Uh, And this is a 90-minute documentary telling their story, but it's a tragic story because... In 2016, some of the lions were poisoned by Maasai herdsmen. So this is partly about how humans and lions coexist, or how they don't coexist very well sometimes, and the pressures of population and farming, and that's all in there, and it's dealt with very sensitively. But it's also about looking through the glorious archive from years of filming them and following the rivalries and the the takeovers and the struggles to bring up cubs and all that kind of stuff and great hunting sequences of course and if you for natural history aficionados there's veteran presenters Simon King and Jonathan Scott who you'll recognize they're talking us through it all so that's Lion the Rise and Fall of the Marsh Pride it's a 90 minute documentary on Tuesday on BBC2 Next, I'm going to talk about Bad Sisters, which is on Apple TV Plus right now. It came out the same day as this podcast, Friday the 19th of August. And it's another really classy, incredibly polished series from Apple. This time it's co-created and co-written by the great Sharon Horgan. It's adapted from a Belgian drama, but it feels very much like Sharon Horgan's world, which is a great place to be. We're in Ireland. There's a family of five sisters who are in their 30s or 40s. They all love each other, but like any sisters, they rub each other up the wrong way sometimes. There's lots of joshing and there's arguments and so on, but it's basically good. Apart from the fact that one of them, who's played by Anne-Marie Duff, she is married to an absolutely horrible git called John Paul or JP, and he's played by Klesh Bang from Dracula and the Outlaws and so on. You'll recognise him. And this guy, he's the worst kind of monstrous, controlling, toxic bloke. He spoils all the family occasions. He scares Grace's wife. He's awful. So the sisters decide they need to do something about it. And when we join the story, it's his funeral. So we kind of guess that they succeeded in that. The only catch is that there's this slightly shambolic life insurance guy who sort of fancies himself as a bit of a Columbo figure, and he's sniffing around because he, he doesn't want to pay out on the life insurance. So that's a great setup. It's a really good premise, which is then, I have to say, it's quite kind of strung out through the series. It's not clear when we're going to actually find out what did happen, you know, who did kill JP and how, but... I'm not sure that matters because it's a great journey. It's an amazing cast. They're all really interesting characters. The setting's lovely. And the central puzzle draws us into it. It is very much one of those dramas where it relies on keeping stuff from us. There's something that all the key characters know has happened, but we don't. And we want to find out. We want to know what happened. And so we keep watching. And that's no chore because we're in really good hands. So that's Bad Sisters, which is on Apple TV Plus right now. Next, I want to rattle through a few old favourites on terrestrial TV that are coming back and that are always really good. When we talk about sort of top TV now, we tend to focus a lot on the glamour stuff, the big dramas, maybe the shiny floor stuff like Strictly. 
But the good old factual series and the factual entertainment shows, they're something I always think British television does incredibly well. So, for example... Fake or Fortune is back on Tuesday on BBC One. And I love this series. It's the one where you've got, you'll know it, it's Fiona Bruce and Philip Mole, the art dealer. And somebody brings them a picture that might be by a famous painter or it might not. And if it is, it's worth shed loads of money. So they dig around and they try to trace the, the provenance and go through all the old documents. And Philip Mould takes it to somebody who scans it with some clever thing or takes a little flake of paint and analyzes it. And at the end, the crucial expert comes in and tells them, well, actually, yes, I'm going to put my stamp on this as by the great painter or no, I'm sorry, the evidence isn't good enough. And the individual stories are great. We get to know a bit more about a particular painter and also the family that owns the work but it's also great fun just rattling around on the fringes of the art world and we sometimes get the stories of the great forgers and the forgeries and there's a bit of antiques roadshow about it because at the end the owner discovers whether they've got something hugely valuable or pretty worthless it's a brilliant format and the beauty of it is you can sort of play along yourself. You can decide, well, look, does that picture seem right to me? Does it feel like it's something special or something very ordinary? Do I like it? Who do I believe? It's great. So that's Fake or Fortune. It's back on Tuesday on BBC One. Next up for these kind of good old favourites coming back is the wonderful Saving Lives at Sea. I think this is Series 7, which starts on Thursday on BBC Two. You may well have seen it before if you haven't definitely give it a look. All we do, we just follow the work of lifeboat crews around the UK who were all volunteers and extraordinary people. So we follow them as they go out on shouts, as they call them, to rescue people who get into difficulty at sea. But it's riveting television because there's very little more nail-biting than seeing somebody who's in real danger, who could be about to drown... And the guys in orange are coming to help them. But can they? Can they save them? And we we see a lot of footage from the the helmet cameras and the little cameras they have on their chests and so on. The first episode, which is on Thursday, is this amazing rescue of these guys who have gone out paragliding on Christmas Eve. And they've got stranded at the bottom of some cliffs in New Haven on the south coast. And the tide is coming in and it's going to swallow them up soon. And your first thought is, who goes paragliding on Christmas Eve? But the drama takes over and it's an incredibly tense life or death story. And then we later on we get light relief as well. There's another story in the same episode which is basically about rescuing a little white cat who's got stuck on a harbour wall. If you've never tried it, do take a look. If you love it already, you'll be happy to know it's back. That's Saving Lives at Sea. Also, back on our screens, is Jamie Oliver. who get, He gets a lot of stick uh, one way or another, but I think whatever else you think about it, he is incredibly good at just showing a recipe on screen that looks really amazing and really tasty, but very doable. And you just want to make it. You just think, have I got the... How, I want it quick. I want to make this. Uh, this time, it's Jamie's One Pan Wonders on Monday on Channel 4. And it's all, as the title says, it's just recipes that are made in one dish or one pot or whatever. So, for instance, first one, he makes a fish pie in a frying pan with phyllo pastry. And it sounds weird, but it works and you see it. And there's all these tricks in it and food hacks and stuff. Watch a couple of episodes. The, the recipes are probably all on the Channel 4 website. You don't need to buy a big, thick cookbook that will sit on your shelf forever. You'll have some brilliant ideas from it. So that's Jamie's One Pan Wonders on Monday on Channel 4. 
I'm going to talk about something that I don't think it's not going to be widely watched. It's tucked away on Sky Documentaries on Saturday night. It's a six-part series called The Last Movie Stars. So the idea here is that the actor Ethan Hawke has made a series about the great married movie stars, Paul Newman and Joanne Woodward. And he's used these interviews that were done with loads of people for a memoir that Paul Newman was planning to do. And it never got done. And Newman burnt the tapes of all the interviews. But he didn't destroy the transcripts. So what Ethan Hawke does is he gets all his actor mates to read the interview. So George Clooney reads the Paul Newman interview stuff and Laura Linney is Joanne Woodward. And there's a whole, this whole group of Hollywood stars. It looks like they made it in lockdown, so they're all sort of doing it, t- chatting to each other on Zoom and so on. There's Sam Rockwell, Mark Ruffalo, Karen Allen and all these other people. And so it's their voice over amazing archive clips, telling the stories of two movie greats and their careers and their love story, their sort of almost lifelong love story as well. There's six episodes of it, which is quite a lot, and it's a lot of detail, and it's quite sort of loosely strung, and it's a bit kind of actory at times, but it is fascinating. If you're into your sort of classic golden age of Hollywood stuff, it's an amazing journey through to great life stories. So that's The Last Movie Stars on Sky Documentaries on Saturday night. Now, before I go, I need to tell you about my one to miss this week. We do this in every episode, and this time it's about a new Channel 4 series called Hobby Man. And to give you the idea, it basically it just feels like Channel 4 thought, well, Travel Man worked really well. What else can we do where comedians go somewhere and muck about a bit and, you know, say those funny things that comedians say? I know, let's do hobbies. And that's really all there is to it. It's presented by Alex Brooker, who is good. Of course he's good. He's very likeable and funny because he can't not be. He's a nice man and a funny presenter. But that's not enough. There's just not enough to it. The first episode particularly, he just sort of has a go at home brewing beer and birding and chess and stuff. And all of them, interesting things. I'm interested in those things, but the programme somehow made them seem less interesting. And he's with... Scarlett Moffat, who's good fun as she always is, it just doesn't feel like it adds up to enough, sadly. It feels very thrown together. I have seen later episodes, and it gets better a bit, but I would say certainly the first episode is one to miss. That's Hobby Man on Channel 4. I won't tell you when it's on because you don't need to watch it. That's all for this episode. I hope there's something in there that will uh, brighten your week up a bit. Thank you very much for listening, and thanks to producer Brittany, who edits all this down and makes it into some kind of vague sense. I'll be back next Friday with more cool stuff to watch, including the new Aidan Turner drama and the return of The Capture, uh, which you may remember was the high-tech thriller with Holiday Granger in it, and also a new crime drama with Adrian Dunbar, a.k.a. Ted from Line of Duty. So all that to look forward to. So do join me again next week. Until then, bye for now, and happy viewing.